Is there a link between your finances and your health? You better believe it. Okay, well then what's the best way to go about improving your finances and ultimately your health? How can you actually get to the root cause of your financial challenges? Today, you are in for a treat as we talk with Gary Arblaster. He's a financial planner, speaker, and author of the excellent book, Making Millions, Going Broke. Hear how Gary empowers people to find freedom from financial worry through personalized financial planning, self-awareness, and choosing financial, physical, and emotional wellness. I'm Lisa Smith, once pharmaceutical rep, banker, and Marine, turned CEO of a wellness center designed to help you with personalized solutions to your most pressing health problems. And it wasn't that long ago that I was exhausted, overwhelmed, and overextended. Having a baby and a toddler at home, being newly diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and not having the strength or energy to do all the things I needed to do. That had me all about undone. What I found was that getting to the root causes of my health problems made all the difference in my health and in my life. Pretty Well is our place to talk all things health and beauty in the wellness space. It's where Ashley Bennett and I bring little-known but completely doable missing pieces of your wellness puzzle that can be a complete game-changer in your life. I come to you each week along with the beautiful, brilliant, and super fun Ashley Bennett to uncover holistic health and beauty topics centered around mind, body, and lipstick. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome back to Pretty Well. I'm Lisa Smith. I'm Ashley Bennett. And today, Ash, we have the privilege of having Gary Arblaster with us. We're so excited. Hi, Gary. Hello, ladies. Thank you for coming. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, a little backstory about Gary. Since 1994, Gary has been helping individuals, businesses, and organizations facing financial and leadership challenges. His specialty is guiding people to take ownership of their finances so that they can choose financial independence and retire well. That's what I want. How about you, Ash? Oh, yes, Gary, help us. Absolutely. (laughs) During his keynotes, Gary challenges his audiences to make it personal. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hear all about that today. He's the author of an excellent book called Making Millions, Going Broke, and he is a sought-after speaker. So let's get started. Hey, Gary. Let's start with how did you first get interested in financial planning? Oh my goodness, that goes back many, 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 many years. Um, When I was young, uh, I had a fascination for business and entrepreneurship and successful people. And uh, it really moved me in the direction just kind of starting to follow people and trying to understand how they were successful. my upbringing, my, my dad had an eighth grade education, so it wasn't a wow. situation where, you know, we came for money. Um, wow. We struggled a lot. I remember a Christmas where my aunt and uncle had to buy our Christmas gifts because of wow. just kind of the, this, the industry my dad was in. He was in the uh, construction industry. Um, so I made it a life mission to help people. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how I, <clears throat> excuse me. Landed in the financial planning business, how I really feel that I can best add value to others. That's awesome. I, you know, it's so interesting that when we, when we go after our passion and that becomes our career, there's, it's, 
there's so much more to it because you have your heart involved. That's right. With it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It actually reminds me of you, Lise, with the wellness center too, Aww. because like when there's something you go through when you're young or something that pops up, mm-hmm. then it really becomes a passion whenever, you know, it's, you get to have a career later. I think that's so awesome. True. And yeah. I truly believe if you, if you enter into what you're doing, uh, with the right attitude, and the right attitude is to help others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what you're doing. Exactly. And when you enter it into it with the attitude, I'm going to help others. Mm-hmm. The rest falls into place. Yeah, you, I both, agree. you both say that. Like you say that you want to help others. That's your passion. So yeah. you both. Say yeah, that. that's really cool. So Gary, what do you love most about helping people with their finances? Then I, it's the relationships that I build. Um, cool. I started my career setting up booths in fairs oh really yeah so i would i'd be part of the the the, uh the the building and all the displays in it and i'll never forget my my first clients they uh they were elderly never had any kids and the relationship that i actually established with them um went way beyond the finances so i eventually i eventually uh dropped out i walked away from managing their finances and i ended up becoming becoming a caregiver to them oh wow and um i ended up just taking them through the end of their life oh, and uh, I did the funerals for them and it was it was it was quite the quite the journey if you will in the relationship I build them so the relationships wow. is what I love the most of about what I do it's so personal it's amazing. Yeah. I love that well and that you know that you saw their life journey and how their health changed and you were there to help them and along those same lines though we we talk all things health and health and beauty here, all things health specifically today. So Gara, what impact have you found that finances have on people's health? I am so glad that you asked that question. And I'm so, <clears throat> excuse me, so excited that you're doing this because I don't think this is discussed enough. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's two sides of finances. There's the, the good side and there's the bad side. Mm-hmm. The good side you know, when we're, when our finances are good, think about it. Your, your, your attitude toward things is much better. You carry yourself differently. You're, you, you're happy. You're, mm-hmm. you're stressed less a lot of times when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the, the, the negative side of the, the bad side of finances and the majority of the Americans are on this side of it. And I've got stats to share with you today yeah. that it actually impacts everything. And the main thing it impacts is how stressed you are as an individual. And then Lisa, you know what happens when you become stressed. You've got your mind, you've got your physical aspects, and you've got your relational aspects. So if you go into the mind, you know, the anxiety, the stress, the hopelessness, Mm. the the, the mental distraction, the preoccupation of things. Mm -hmm. When you get into body, you talk about weight loss, you talk about hair loss, you talk about you know, increased blood pressure, chest pains, all these things relate to stress. Right. Then you get into the behavioral aspect that nobody talks about. You start to live a life of lies, increase Mm -hmm. conflict with others, jealousy, Mm -hmm. envy, all these things impact your health in a negative manner. And it is crazy that nobody's talking about this. Good point. That's a great point. Yeah, and we talk about stress, you know, on the podcast all the time, and the fact that it wrecks, it like wrecks our body, you know, it even does. our immune system. Like people who are more stressed get sick more often. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that makes so much sense too. Yeah. So in your experience, Gary, what have you seen that like backs up or brings <laughs> proof to the statement that finances affect our health? Well, the fact that um, 
there's a psychology aspect of this. The American Psychology Association does tons and tons of research on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's <clears throat> I didn't I didn't know that. No, that's yeah, cool. so they they put out stats, and, and I started following this about two, 2015. Back in 2015, they did a study. 70, 72% of Americans reported feeling stressed about money at least sometimes in the month prior to that study. Mm-hmm. In 2018, Market Watch is another, another um, kind of a... Uh, study, if you will, it's it's actual pro, uh, program. Number one reason Americans are stressed because of money. 2018 Northwest Mutual, two, 2018 Planning and Progress Study. Number one cause of stress among Americans, money. Wow. Um, 2022 again, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And even in age groups, the younger age groups, like 18 to 43, 82% of that population is stressed mm-hmm. over money. Wow. That's that's a ton, and yeah. and even how it impacts our relationships, marriages. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one stressor in a marriage. It I is. read too. Yeah. yeah. Well, the crazy yeah. thing is, there's another stat out that just came out in October of this year. Sixty-two percent of, of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Sixty-two mm. percent. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And if you are a business owner listening to this podcast, you need to understand the impact that's costing your business. Mm-hmm. It's estimated it costs anywhere from thirteen to several hundred billion dollars a year that stress is creating loss, financial loss for organizations and businesses. It's huge. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like the tip of the iceberg. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So what are some of the most common responses to having poor finances? Like what do people, how do people respond to that? It's funny. I was at a, this conference, it was, um, when was it? March, March of last year was at a conference. And in this conference, it was a business conference. They offered a, a opportunity to buy into a program at the end of the conference. And it was significant amount of money to be buying into this mm-hmm. so i was standing around at the end of the uh, end of the conference and this guy standing there and he knew i was he knows i was in the in the financial business because of the, the q a i did at the end of the conference and he stood there and he started to become very critical of those who actually purchased the program what? Huh. and so i actually got interested in starting to probe and ask questions mm-hmm. and the first thing he wanted to do was deflect and deny Oh. It was all said and done. The reason why he was being critical of others is because his own finances were in bad shape. Oh. Wow. So he started to deflect mm-hmm. and deny that he had a problem. Number two, we look for blame. When I go into somebody's home and I'm going in there for the reason of trying to help them get out of debt, whatever that might be, from a standpoint of you know trying to fix something, the first thing they do is start to go through all the excuses of why they are where they are. Mm. So mm. they do that to make themselves be- feel better. They don't do that to make me feel better. It's like a victim. It, it is. Mentality. So, mm. it, and, it, and it's, you know, that's just the way it is. It, I'm not, I'm not sitting here and saying to your listeners, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> and shame on you. It's just what we do. Mm-hmm. We try to do things to make ourselves feel better. And then the, the, the last and final thing that we do in poor finances, we buy things continuously to make ourselves feel better. Mm. And then it gets worse. It does. We find joy in purchasing things. And when we are struggling financially, we will go out and still spend on the credit card to make ourselves feel better, even though it is a detriment to getting ourselves out of a hole. Mm. Isn't that so fascinating? Yeah, because, because it's like chicken and egg. So I overspend, which makes me feel stressed and badly about myself. So I go buy more to I make feel me better. feel better. Yeah, but sense. now I feel worse. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's a, it's a lot like an addiction. It is it an is, addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
And honestly, when you said the blame, I bet when you do help people, like say couples or individuals, I bet you're like a mirror to them. Because when you were talking about blame, and I know when Dave and I have gotten in arguments sure. about finances, mm -hmm. we both kind of go, well, you, right. well, you, right. and we both do that. And so as I hear you saying that, I kind of hear myself a little bit. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It is truly amazing yeah. how much time we spend in the past. Yeah. It right. is crazy we, how much time we spend in our financial past. Yeah. 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 Or in the past in general. Yep. Yeah. We call that fighting historically at our house. Yeah. No fighting historically here. We're talking oh, about today. Point. Don't bring up stuff that mm -hmm. happened in yep. the past. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, just from your book, yep. I, there's something I love that you said in your preface. You said... Not only do I discuss dollars, but I also discuss the sense, be, not just the dollars, but the sense we make be, S -E -N -S -E. behind the financial, <laughs> yeah, behind the financial decisions yeah. we make. I love that. And in that light, I wanted to ask you, how do we make a shift toward better health through our finances? Because we're kind of unpacking this ball of yarn and we're kind of saying, okay, as we unravel this piece, there's this piece. So how do we start to make that shift? It starts with your attitude. Um, it, you know, it's funny. Most people don't believe they deserve to be better off financially. Oh, wow. that's interesting. And it's, and it's crazy because yeah. if you don't have a belief, you're never going to get there. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to start working on your belief system. Mm -hmm. Then you start working on your hope. Mm -hmm. You've got to find hope in something. When you have hope, you have no reason to continue moving forward with your money. It was interesting as a funeral. Um, last week, and one of the gentlemen who got up got up to speak, he was in his late 80s, and um, he's coming out of the World War II generation. Oh. And he was discussing World War II, and he read the 23rd Psalms at the funeral, and he related it clear back to the World War II. Oh. And the, the, um, the people in charge of all the soldiers would have these guys memorize a 23rd Psalm and repeat it over and over and over again wow. because it brought hope. Wow! They truly believe, and I, I have nothing to substantiate this, but this is basically what he was sharing with us. Mm -hmm. They truly believe that the war was won by the Americans because they actually had hope. That they could. Oh wow. my goodness. And it, it, I'm sitting there, I had tears in my eyes thinking yeah. about this. Yeah. And I see it often when people don't have financial hope, they don't see anything that's hopeful they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they just they just spin their wheels and they never seem to to get that gumption to keep moving forward mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a book um, written called the man's search for life mm -hmm. and his name is uh victor what is it frankel frankel you know that book? I, I know Victor of Victor Frankel. That yeah. this that's amazing. Share, yeah. So he was um, in the concentration camps. He survived the concentration camps for three years. And one of the things he talks about is that you know this, you're not going to not face conflict in this life or troubles or problems. It's how you cope with it. Mm -hmm. Is how you how you survive it. Mm -hmm. And he talked about in in his book all the things that they, he did to find hope and meaning because once you lose the hope and meaning in your life you don't survive mm -hmm. and he, he talked about even the use of cigarettes mm -hmm. and if they you'd walked into that situation and you didn't smoke and you started to smoke they figured you were going to be dead just because you started to put hope in the things that destroyed you destruction 
and you just kind of lost hope because also cigarettes were used as a means of of monetary value so they actually used the cigarettes to to control you so it the book's amazing and i'm I'm glad to hear you knew yeah 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 yeah. i haven't read it but i've i know about his story a little and i love that yeah you know what that there's such a parallel between our financial health and what i do here yeah you know our overall wellness because what we often say is we give hope here. Yeah. People walk in without hope and we say, no, you're, you're going to be okay. And that, that, that hope, you are so right. That hope they can walk out and say, oh my gosh, there are, there are answers there. Mm-hmm. There's always a way. There's yeah. always a way to make that next step in the right direction. And it's a complete, mm-hmm. complete paradigm shift. I don't know if you talk much about paradigm and what that means, a paradigm shift. Um, it's a complete paradigm shift. So here's an example. So when I was seven, my grandfather had a massive heart attack Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget it. Um, My grandfather was at the hospital. We were at home. My dad drove to the hospital and he broke every law in the book to get to the hospital, ran stoplights, ran red lights, passed people illegally, blah, 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 blah. When people pass me now on the road Mm -hmm. and they're reckless and I think they're being jerks, Mm -hmm. I stop to say, Maybe grandpa is in the hospital. Oh, that's so good. It's so such a paradigm shift. So in your money, you've got to shift. You've got to make a paradigm shift mm-hmm. into hope. And the things I tell my kids, when you're starting to feel bad about things or you're you're struggling and, and you know my situation right now with my daughter, mm-hmm. I asked her to get up every morning and write down five things that she's grateful for. Oh, that's so good. Because what ends up happening is you start your mental day mm-hmm. out on a on a foot of gratefulness and when you do that it changes the entire outlook of your day it puts your mind in the right perspective so that you can actually address your day at a completely different mental attitude that is awesome and you know can i add one thing to it sure what i've learned very recently and i'm telling my kids this is i want you to do that also when you right before you go to sleep Mm -hmm. because your subconscious marinates on what you think of right before you fall asleep right so is it is it marinating on things that bring you joy and and bring your life bring good things into your life or is it marinating on things that keep you stuck yeah. is it gonna give you nightmares yeah. Yeah. Is it gonna give you ni- exactly so yeah. number there's two more things i always recommend when it comes to what we talk about getting started the other thing is desire mm, fortitude in desire you, first of all your desire has to be greater than mine mm-hmm. you know when i go in and help people with their money i look and i got men I'm ready. Let's put the plan together. This rock and roll with it. Yeah. But if their desire is not above mine, it never works. Ah, uh, you, you can't carry on. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't want this more than you. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. And last one is it is fortitude. The willingness to sacrifice mm-hmm. for a short period of time mm-hmm. to pull yourself out of the hole that you're in. I was doing a, a seminar out in Philadelphia, and after the seminar, this woman come up. She goes, you know, I'm struggling with this. Blah 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 blah. So we schedule some time to get together mm-hmm. went through all her budget and when it came to the end of the budget she was it was extremely tight it, it, she was living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and she had horses mm-hmm. and i said ma'am i said your fix is here mm-hmm. you've got to be willing to do it you cannot afford to have these horses mm-hmm. that was hard for her and that was a hard conversation to have she said, I'd rather struggle financially than get rid of my horses. Oh, wow. wow. So she did not have the willingness. She did not have the fortitude to sacrifice for a short period of time yeah. to fix the situation mm-hmm. to move forward. Yeah. 
So I hear you saying hope, desire, fortitude. That's correct. That's what we need to and have belief. to make the shift. And, and believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what impacts our finances most? Like what areas would impact it the most? Oh, people aren't going to like this one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Brace yourself, people. Sit down. <laughs> it is you. Oh. It so? is you. We do not practice financial EQ. Mm, I love it. Do you know what financial EQ is? I don't. Lisa might. I don't. Please help me. <laughs> financial EQ refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions and yeah. desires when making financial decisions. Like emotional intelligence? Yes, yeah, what it is. Wow. Okay. But it's a financial aspect of it. Okay. So, number one, self-awareness. You've got to be aware of what you're doing and who you are. Now, we are all wired differently. I'm working on a book right now called If Money Could Talk, What Would It Say About You? Mm, And it's all about how your personality impacts your money. Mm -hmm. So you need to accept who you are Mm -hmm. and be okay with that. For years, I was not happy with who I was and I had no reasons. I I always was, it it became down to what I thought other people thought I should be Uh, instead of saying, you know what? God wired me this way. mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Understand who you are and be okay with that. And then hire out the things you're not good at. So detail-oriented people, they're, they're, they're few and far between. If you're not detail-oriented and your finances requires you to de- be detail-oriented, you go out and get yourself some help to, to, to do the details. Mm-hmm. So self-awareness. Number two is self-management. And I always share this when I'm speaking. If you've got a shoe fetish mm-hmm. you don't go to the shoe store mm-hmm. you've got to be Stay able away. to lisa <laughs> sorry didn't mean to make this personal but i, I did <laughs> oh boy we're both starting yeah. to feel the heat here so self-management you really gotta you've really got to control yourself if you struggle yeah. with eating out don't go to town during lunch hours mm-hmm. stay home make yourself lunch mm-hmm. third is social awareness there are studies, there are people engineering these things, they're engineering the marketing, they're engineering how they, how you interact in social media to get you to spend money you don't have. Mm-hmm. You've got to be aware of what society is doing for you. Mm-hmm. We're not. We buy in and we run with it. Yeah. So you got to have social awareness. And last but not least, it's relationship management. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah, we both like put our head to the side. <laughs> What's this about? Your friends and your family cannot have their fingers in your wallets. Uh, And that includes our kids. Mm -hmm. We struggle with that. We want little Johnny and little Sarah to have what we didn't have growing up. It's so true. And when you end up spending the money you shouldn't just because you think they don't know any better, Mm -hmm. but you think they feel like they're missing out. The other thing is. If you've got friends and family who constantly want to borrow money from you and they say it's a, well, I'll get this back to you and never do, you need to, you need to get away from them. Mm-hmm. You need to pay attention to your, your centers of influence, meaning you have people who are out there spending money, going to, you know, the football games and all this, mm-hmm. all this excess spending. Mm-hmm. If you participate in that and you know full well that you can't, that relationship is not good for your finances. Mm-hmm. So good. there's some really there's some really big lessons to be learned from financial EQ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense because, like, just socially, if there's a whole group of your friends wanting to do something, you don't want to be the one to say, I can't afford that. That's true. You know? yeah. yeah, you're worried about yeah. what they think. What they think of That's you. correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, in health, I, you know, we always say you're most like the top five people you hang out with. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you are saying, I mean, it's so consistent across the board. You're financially also, if you've got these people that are your friends and you're hanging out with, but they're spending, they're big spenders then yeah, you're going to have to keep up to hang out with the same crowd. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So share with us, let's go back a little bit, because from what I understand, this really had a big impact in shaping who you are and what what you've done to date. Share with us what happened to your financial picture in 1999. Oh, what a fun year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I started a business in 1994. I found a lot of success early. Mm-hmm. Um, I was running meetings and they were having me speak at these different things just to share why I was being successful. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1999, I decided that I was going to shift into a different organization. Mm-hmm. Um, that original company that I went to work for sold proprietary products, which meant I could only sell or use products that they offered. Yeah. So it kind of put me in a box and I was not able to necessarily, it wasn't a bad thing. I just didn't want to be put in a box. Yeah. So I decided to switch companies. Mm -hmm. When I did that, I basically had to start over because the company I just left again was proprietary and they owned all my clients. Uh. So I literally had to start over. The year I started over, the stock market crashed because of the tech bubble. So 1999, 2000, 2001 was the tech bubble explosion. Mm -hmm. At that point, nobody, nobody wanted to invest money. Mm. So my my income literally went went to zero. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you were married. I was married. I had uh, a fresh set of twins. Oh my goodness. And a four-year-old. You had the kids then. I had oh the kids, yeah. my goodness. So um, I had no income. No income. I had some money saved. Wow. I quickly quickly went went through that, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I was sitting in my office, and I referenced this in the book. I was sitting in my office, and the phone rang, and I was expecting it to be a client. I was waiting on, waiting on a call. I did a proposal. I was waiting on the call, and um, the phone rang. And I answered it, and it wasn't the client. It was a it was a creditor looking for for money mm-hmm. that was laid on. And I got off the phone and I literally took my arm and swept all the contents of my desk onto the floor. You just cleared it. I cleared it. I was so upset, devastated. And, and the big big thing for me was, and it was pride, here I am trying to counsel people on their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm behind the scenes, I was struggling because of a situation. Uh-huh. That feels awful. It like imposter terrible. syndrome. It yeah, was. it feels like, awful. I felt like, who am I to mm-hmm. tell anybody what to do with their money? Mm-hmm. It was devastating. Ugh. So that, for about three months, I went into a really bad place. Mm-hmm. Mentally, physically, mm-hmm. I mean, weight loss, uh, relationally with my wife. Oh, man. It was terrible. It was terrible. And I'll never forget, I said to, to, said to Amy, I said, something's got to change. And when I decided, Mm. when I decided that it was going to change, that's when it changed. Mm. So I started 
looking outwardly instead of inwardly. And we're going to talk about that here, I think, in a minute. Mm -hmm. But it was then that, that actually I started to focus on things that I could take care of. I went out. I applied for jobs. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't long. I was hired by a doctor to do CFO consulting for him and run his finance, corporate finances. And the crazy thing is I look back now. And that moment in my life was one of the biggest springboards into what I'm doing today. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I wouldn't have experienced that mm -hmm. situation. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that happens a lot, like where the worst thing that happens to you can lead to the best thing. If I you let so. it. If you yeah. let it. Exactly. It's all it. about your outlook. And That's yeah. right. Yeah. If you let it. Yeah. It's a yeah. great point. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So this is near and dear to me because I've experienced it. You have. I've been at bottom. Yeah. And I've climbed out. And you know it's possible. It is. And so your passion is to say, listen, yeah. I know this. I've felt this. I've walked this journey. I can help you. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that I adds to credibility because people are like, oh, you've done this. Like, yeah. You can help me then. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah, because I think people take personas, uh, you know, that the guy standing up front has it all together and everything's perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, life's not like that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. I do think the people who are best at what they do have struggled in crisis I do. in I what they do. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So what are the components to healthy finances? Well, there's two sides, but there's your current state and your future state. All right. So your current state deals with, first and foremost, taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. You've got to say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm here. A lot of what has happened to me is based on some of the decisions I've made. Mm -hmm. so, and you own it. Mm -hmm. So you've got to take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Once you take responsibility for it, then you have the, the gates have been opened for you to fix it. So second thing you need to do is kind of look at your current finances. Mm -hmm. All right. So your current finances deal with, I call it a log, L-O-G-G. Mm -hmm. You're living, you're owning or owing, O-W-E, what you owe, mm -hmm. you're giving and what you're growing. Oh, neat. So when you actually sit down with your finances and you take a look at the L-O-G-G, mm -hmm living, owing, growing, and giving I components of your finances, mm -hmm. you can see where you're struggling. Let me explain further. If your living expenses are a lot more, I guess, larger than the other aspects of your, your, your finances, then you, you know that that's where to look. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to start to fix things, I need to look at my living. Mm -hmm. If you're owing, O-W-E, mm -hmm. more than you're growing or you're giving or saving, then you know you've got a debt problem. Mm -hmm. If your circle, if you will, of the growing bucket is large, you're doing fine. If your giving bucket, and I think that's a very significant part of finances, is significant, then you're, you're doing well. So it's really taking a look at the different buckets, if you will, mm -hmm. of your finances through <clears throat> what you're living on, Mm -hmm. How much money you owe, mm -hmm. how much you're saving on a growth component, mm -hmm. and are you giving anything away? Mm -hmm. so. That's great. Yeah. And then the secondly is you take a look at your future finances, and that has to do with planning, borrowing, spending, and saving. Plan. Do you actually have a plan? Know where your money is going. Prepare for future expenses coming up. Mm -hmm. um, borrowing. Keep your debt low. Don't live outside your means. Stay mm -hmm. living within your means and keep your credit card balances gone. Avoid credit card balances. Mm-hmm. Spend, keep the bills current. You know, once you start getting behind is when you really start to get into trouble. So stay current. 
and then save. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got to save. Mm. You've got to create an emergency fund and then invest for the future. So those are the, the two areas, your current finances and your future finances. You really just got to hone in and, and drive in. Quit looking backwards. Mm. You've got to quit looking backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I hear you laying out here is a plan to stop living paycheck to paycheck. That's right. Mm -hmm. So right here, if we're living paycheck to paycheck, this is the path that gets us out of that. So as we're starting to save, then we're preparing for those things that, that protect us. That's right. If something unexpected comes. Absolutely. And this is not difficult. Right. This yeah. is not rocket science, mm -hmm. but it continues, continues, continues to be one of the top things Americans and worldwide struggle with, mm -hmm. you know, and our government is not showing us good examples of what they, mm -hmm. we need to be doing either, no. No. you know, cause they're not being irresponsible with money. Absolutely. So, you know, we got to quit looking to them for the answers because they're irresponsible with what we give them mm -hmm. and we need to start looking at ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Okay. So share with us the top three characteristics of retiring well and moving toward financial freedom. So we've already talked about kind of how we get out of this paycheck to paycheck. Now we're looking forward. Well, I'm glad you asked this question because again, this is not difficult. You need to own it. You need to grow it and you need to live life to the max. Mm. And there's so many people who aren't so many people who desire to do more. They just can't. Mm. So what owning it means, and it's not a necessarily a physical ownership of, you know, I own this, this is mine mm -hmm. per se. It is actually owning it mentally, owning it with your attitude, take full responsibility of where you are and where you want to go. Mm -hmm. That's the ownership piece. Growing it means you do what it, it takes to expand your resources, expand and grow your financial programs. Mm. And then live life to the max. When you do these things, you're going to have the life that you've always wanted. Now, you've got to quit comparing yourself to others because mm. everybody sure. else has different finances. Yeah. You know, in society, we talked about society. Society tries to define what that looks like for you. And you've got to quit letting them do that. Mm, for you sure. get to decide it. Yeah. I have clients who've made $50,000 a year who are retiring beautifully. Mm. And I have clients making three dollars and $400,000 a year living paycheck to paycheck. What wow. World. And it's, it's all perspective. Yeah. You can spend every dime you make. Oh. It's not the number of zeros in your paycheck. It's what you keep and save out of your paycheck that mm. matters. Ooh, say that again. Yeah. It's not the zeros in your paycheck. It's the zeros you keep and save out of your paycheck that matters. Wow. That's yeah. key. There's a mic drop. Yeah. Mic so drop. Just just walks out. <laughs> We're done. But here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're living this backwards. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is. Most people are living outside their means. Mm -hmm. They're living for today. They want experience today based on money they don't have. Mm -hmm. So if you live life to the max first, mm -hmm. you have nothing to grow. Ah. And if you have nothing to grow, the bank ends up owning it all. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So it's just the reverse it of is. what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're yeah. living in the exact opposite. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is in a hole financially, like where do they begin? How do they even start to get out of that? Yeah. And, and we've talked about this several times throughout this podcast. Mm -hmm. You got to start thinking differently. You've got mm -hmm. to shift your thinking. You need to be, have a more proactive mindset than a reactive mindset. And what do I mean by that? So reactive is that you are inward focusing. 
you work, you're, you're working your way into self-pity. Mm-hmm. You're looking for blame. You're doing all the things that look inwardly. Mm-hmm. And when you look inwardly, your energy focuses on, focuses on the things you cannot control. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you're proactive, you start to look outside your situation. You actually can start to see little bit of fixes. Mm-hmm. When you're more proactive, your energy focuses on the things you can control. So Stephen Covey talks about this in his, in his Seven Habits book. Mm-hmm. It's the circles of fin- the circles of influence. I call this the circles of financial financial influence. This mm-hmm. is not mine. This is his. Mm-hmm. But he's so right mm-hmm. in the fact that when we look inwardly, our ability to influence what we do is so small that it, it's just it's hard to get out. Once you start looking outwardly, you can actually start to see. And you need to celebrate little victories. I don't care if you're saving twenty bucks a month. Yeah, it's something comparatively. You've got to celebrate that because when you start to celebrate, you're actually saying, yes, I own that. And then there's a springboard of looking for something else. That's great. What's what's another example of looking outwardly? Looking outwardly, um, you know, I, I kind of laugh because most people don't have an income problem. They've got a spending problem. Mm-hmm. So when you find it yourself that you've got a spending problem you can fix that mm-hmm. all right you can you can do this the whole eq thing mm-hmm. but the other the other side of it is there is an income aspect that we can deal with here if you look around your house mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things to get rid of and sell oh, but we true. store it we just keep it we hang on to it i don't know why we do that um, it was funny i'll use myself as an example <laughs> so I'm, I'm contemplating getting a uh, another gun i you know we we as a family we enjoy shooting guns yeah so i'm looking at this gun and the gun costs, you know, it's going to cost a thousand bucks. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that. I, I don't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there saying to myself, I'll just, I got, I've been saving. I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. But when I came down to doing it, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But what I did was I went into my gun cabinet that I currently have and say, okay, what guns am I not using in here that I would not be upset if I got rid of? Huh. So I was able to actually take something that I currently owned mm-hmm. and sold it. Mm-hmm. and use those finances to, to help me get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's there's things all over our homes that if we did a little yard sale, we could bring in some money. It's true. You know, mm-hmm. and again, it goes back to desire and what what you want to do. Go lawn, mow somebody's lawn Yeah. and charge mm-hmm. them for it. Shovel somebody's driveway mm-hmm. and shovel for it. I mean, sh- uh, shovel for it. Shovel for it. <laughs> yeah. and, and get compensated for it. Yeah. You know, it really is just thinking outside the box to say, what do I need to do in this moment to fix what, what where I am? Mm. Yeah. To get creative. Yeah. yeah. You've got to get creative. I love that. That's great. Th- that really helps me when you're saying like, we've got this inner circle. When we look in, we're, we're, we're disempowered. We don't have hope. But when we look out, we can start seeing these aspects that we can take hold of that give us more hope. Yeah. So that keeps growing that hope, which keeps growing our success. In moving out of the situation. I love yeah. what Dr. Willie Jolly says. He says that a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm. Oh, that's good. I heard that. That's really good. That's I love good. it. Yeah. I, I love it. And, it. and it truly is. It truly is a, a, an attitude toward our situation. Yeah. Once we start making that shift to say, darn it, I'm done. I'm so done with this. Yeah. Yeah. Then it just turns into your awareness is different. You start to see things differently. You start to see opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise see. It's true. It just, there's a switch. I can't explain it. I'm not a psychology. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it. There is a switch 
that your awareness completely changes. Mm -hmm. And we just don't make that switch. We don't change that attitude. Mm, that so. is so good. That's a, that is a great piece just for us to, to end with because that switch is fully our willingness mm -hmm. to flip it. It's on us. It's when we finally decide, like you did, after you cleared your desk and you, you had to, to let it kind of ruminate for a while, but then you hit that point, you're like, okay, no more, no more, the buck stops here. And when each of us gets to that point, whether it's financial health, physical health, emotional health, whatever it is, mm -hmm. when we flip the switch, our lives completely transform. So thanks for that. I love the switch. You just, that, that picture in my mind. And you need to get help. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's a few other things here. You discover, you analyze, and you adjust. But the last thing is you really need to get help. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, if I, if I need my car fixed, I don't try to do it myself. I go get somebody to help me with it. Right. That's right. I love that. And so with that, how do our listeners find you? How do they learn? Because help, whether it's from, you can start as easy as with a book. Right. and start to to learn and start to understand things differently and make that paradigm shift and then you can reach out to someone for for personal help too right. but how do people find you like how do they get your book how do they find you everything's on my website rblasterconsulting.com okay. yeah awesome. and you can get the book on amazon as well um it's mm -hmm. uh as an easy place to get to it but yeah rblasterconsulting.com has all my contact information it talks about what i do and uh don't be afraid to send me an email. Okay, so it's Gary Arblaster, arblasterconsulting.com. Correct. On Amazon, it's Making Millions Going Broke. 15 Reasons Why If You Retire Well and Steps You Could Take to Get It Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Gary, thank you for coming. We are going to put your information in our show notes mm -hmm. just so people can get it that way too. But thank you. This oh, is awesome. This, this yeah. has been fun this for me. This has been great. I yeah. appreciate all that you guys are doing as well. You Ab guys are one Absolutely. of my faves. Oh, thanks, Gare. And when you have that next book coming out, remind us of that title too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So if money could talk, what would it say about you? Okay. Really good. You're coming back then. Yeah, we're going to unpack that good. whole book. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, stay pretty well. Bye. Bye.